0: don't know the power of the dark
1: side. I'm not a baby, I'm a man! I'm an anchor man! Is this a kissing book? The way I see it, if you're gonna build a time machine into a car, why not do it with some style? Hello, welcome along to Just Like In The Movies, brought to you by gkmedia.ie. I'm your host, Gary Kelly, and I thought I'd tell you that because I actually don't mention that in my podcast, I realise. So, <laughs> people have to read that boring description to actually know who's this voice that they hear at the start of each episode. So I am your host, Gary Kelly, and joined as always by our film reviewers. First up, Lisa Tracy. Hello, Lisa.
0: Hello, Gary.
1: And Dave Coyne. Hello, Dave. Hello, Gary Kelly. Nice to meet you. Thank you very much. Uh, We're in day four of the Galway Film Fla and uh, lots of great screenings taking place again today, but we're going to be looking back on two screenings that took place yesterday and we're also going to hop a day back as well. To Wednesday, because Lisa caught up with a movie that screened on Wednesday evening, I think it was. And it's that music documentary, My Darling Vivian, which, of course, the programmer of The Flat, Will Fitzgerald, was telling us about earlier on in this series and highly recommending it. And especially if you're a fan of Johnny Cash. And Lisa, you saw it and you loved it. And we said, sure, we might as well talk about it. So, what's My Darling Vivian about? My
0: Darling Vivian is about Johnny Cash's first wife and the mother of his four daughters, who um, he fell in love with back when he was a serviceman and she was about 15. Um, like he was a young man, like he was like 20 or 19 or 20 or whatever. And they met and fell in love, madly in love. And they had this long distance uh, relationship over correspondence through letters and phone calls. And because uh, he went overseas with the army and uh, he was stationed in Europe. And then he came back and they got married straight away. And the rest is history. It gets a bit um sad after about 8 years um they have four daughters like one after the other she had four daughters under the age of 6 at one point and yeah. she was basically left on her own a lot because he went off touring and he became very famous very quickly and uh you know you, you they touch on her in walk the line but they totally uh they paint her in a light that that wasn't exactly favorable and it wasn't exactly the truth because we get this um, documentary from her from the point of view of her four daughter or their four daughters. One of the daughters said that he came back uh, from some tour and he had completely changed. He wasn't the same person that had left and it was because of the drugs and he fell in love with June Carter and himself and Vivian got divorced. You know it's it's very tough like he was going through an addiction and then she was kind of painted as this this figure that we don't need to involve because June Carter was like the nation's sweetheart or, or the country music sweetheart or whatever. So mm. they just kind of, they had this picture of June and Johnny and it was like the June and Johnny show. and
1: And just quickly in a nutshell then, what do you think was the message of the documentary?
0: Well, it was basically that you can't just sideline a whole love story. I think that's what it was because she was his first love and he was her love. And, you know, they just, they painted her in the, in the, in walk the line, you see that it's just Jennifer Goodwin plays her. And she seems like a cranky kind of not very nice wife. Most of the time that she's kind of mm. spoiled or something, but that couldn't have been further from the truth. She, um she was really madly in love with Johnny Cash and, you know, they, they had a life together and he he put her through a lot, but she still loved him. And it was very interesting to see it from the daughter's point of view, because it was a love story that needed to be told, that they needed to give their mother the, the platform that she never got to have.
1: Out of 10, Lisa?
0: Out of 10, definitely a high eight.
1: Okay, excellent. So that's my darling Vivian. If you haven't caught it yet on GalwayFilmFlat.com, do so. It should be available there to watch until Sunday. Now, Dave, we'll go over to you because you got to watch the new Irish movie Rose Plays Julie with a strong cast, the likes of Aidan Gillen and Orla Brady. What is Rose Plays Julie about, Dave?
2: Well, Rose plays Julie. Follows a young lady played by Anne Skelly, a young up-and-coming actress, and she she's a bit of a daydreamer in terms of reality. And you know, it turns out that she's adopted, and uh, her adoptive parents are uh, her mother. Her adoptive mother, at least, is no longer in the picture. I think her father is kind of disembodied on the phone, looking after her kind of thing. And there's no real backstory in terms of how, but she finds out that her mother is uh, this actress. In England and she goes on a quest to kind of find her but it's it's a very dark film in terms of emotion and uh, self-worth self-analysis that kind of stuff and um, there's a lot of inner monologues slow motion flashbacks dreams stillness darkness that kind of stuff and then of course she she finds the the, her mother uh, who is played by the very well well, brilliant actress uh, Orla Brady the mother and herself confront each other, and the the mother admits that she gave the daughter up for adoption was because she was raped. And then the daughter wants to know what the name of the father was, and she goes after the father, and she kind of worms her way into the father's life. And the father's a bit of a creep, played by one of the best actors in the business at playing a creep, uh, Aidan mm-hmm. Gillen, aka Littlefinger in Game of Thrones. And it's it's a very dark, emotional, heavy film about regret, self-control. It's a heavy film. Uh, Some people mightn't like this subject matter. I mean, there's a bit of a theme running in a lot of the films that I've seen at the Flad this year about parental malpractice, shall we say. Um, But it's beautifully shot. It's really well made. Uh, The production design is up to scratch. The cinematography is up to scratch. The acting is very good. Aidan Gillen and Ordo Brady are amazing. To say that I enjoyed it, I don't know if I enjoyed it because it's a very heavy subject matter. But as a film, it's very well made. It's well directed. But the finale, the climax of the story is uh, strange and yet powerful. It stays with you. Um, So a lot of merit in this film.
1: Okay, so out of 10, Dave? Um, Out of
2: 10, I'm going to give it seven because, you know, technically well made, good sound, you know, lots of non-diegetic stuff. And the style might not suit everybody, but really well crafted film, well made, good sound, good music. Reasonably tight script, good acting. Uh, so, seven out of ten for me, but I'm going to kind of lean towards Lisa's sensibilities here and say, you know, enough already with the darkness. Just Ireland isn't just a dark <laughs> place with darkness in it. You know, we do. Drink a the boat, find The sun shines and we do tell stories and we smile mm-hmm. and laugh and have fun and have joy. So let's have a bit more of that, shall we?
1: <laughs> okay, there you go. That is Rose Plays Julie. Now, uh, final review for this episode, the Dakota Entrapment Tapes. It's a documentary, kind of crime, political, and it's based in a North Dakota town, where the crime rate is so low, people often don't lock the front doors. But a 20-year-old college student, Andrew Sadek, mysteriously disappears in May 2014 and uh, is later found dead. I couldn't sleep after this movie. I, w- my, I was wired for hours after it. Maybe it's just me being a parent, but like I was so heartbroken for those parents and what they went through over the last number of years and the fact that sometimes you're just up against the wall and you're never going to get through it because of hypocrisy in the world.
2: Mm. Well, I think the fact that, that poor old Andrew Sadek, in reality, did nothing wrong. Let's be honest, he did nothing wrong. And no. he was he was uh, railroaded by police officers who just show us the the, the, the indictment of the federal government in the United States at the moment run by someone who we won't name, but, um, you know, uh, it's... Can you? <laughs> <laughs> he'd be better than what we have now. I can tell you, but no, 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 he wouldn't. <laughs> he, he would, he would. No, but seriously, I mean, the, the, the fact that, um, as it turns out, you know, the reality is that the police officers were incentivized to kind of fabricate arrests almost like a salesperson is, is incentivized to sell TVs. The more TVs you sell, the more money you get at the end of the month. And they preyed on these young, you know, college, you know, the typical frat boy, American, you know, big, tall, handsome, muscular, strapping farm boy who drives cars and smokes weed and drinks beer. Like they're not really harming anybody. They can be Egypts like the rest of us, but... You know, this guy uh, was a good student. He worked on the farm. He hung out with his buddies and they smoked a bit of weed. And two times, uh, uh, what were they called? Undercover something. What were oh, they called, oh, Gary? Confidential Informants. Inform- Inform- yeah, Confidential yeah.
0: Informants.
2: Yeah. So a Confidential Informants. Two of them uh, went out of their way to entrap this guy by asking yeah. him to sell them weed for $20. Like, uh, I don't, I never smoked weed, so I don't know, but like $20 a weed is a tiny little thing and it's like, how you come here to me. It's not like a felony where you're going to go to jail, but this kid of 20 didn't know this. So when he was arrested and, you know, taken in by police, this police officer completely robbed him of his rights to a lawyer and frightened him Mm -hmm. into doing things that he shouldn't have been doing and pushed him into this psychological spiral that ended up with him being mysteriously disappearing. And to my mind, People don't commit suicide and put rocks in their backpack. So no. I agree with a lot of the experts. This kid was murdered. This documentary, subject matter aside, it's a very well-made documentary. The wholesomeness of his mother and his father and what those two people have gone through in their life. Oh, my dear Lord. My heart goes out to them. And his friends who were just good lads. They were just yeah. good lads. And uh, it just, it, it actually, You're I mean, I don't have any kids, Gary, but it breaks it breaks my heart to think about what happened to that boy. But... The documentary was well made. The uh, the cutaway montages, you know, the interludes between, you know, breathers where you kind of catch your breath were really well shot, you know. The corn and the trucks and the snow and the the painting, giving you a sense of the place was mm. was really well made. And the reconstructions were really well well done as well, I think.
1: Lisa, l- looking at the Dakota entrapment tapes then, compare this as a documentary to the opening film, The Eighth Amendment. Oh. Why I oppose that to you is, I know you love The Eighth Amendment, but someone said to me, yesterday after they saw the Dakota Entrapment Tapes saying, well, The Eighth just kind of was a fly on the wall to an event that we took place, whereas this mm-hmm. kind of dug much deeper as a documentary, which is sometimes what we expect of a documentary.
0: Yeah, definitely. Yeah, it The Eighth, you can't really compare them because they are two very different styles. As your friend said, that it definitely is a fly on the wall documentary and you're just following it along and it's chronological and it's, going along it's not really in depth too much but this is like there's so much in this and they have the footage of the guy and it's just oh it's it's heartbreaking it's a really heartbreaking and because it's real you know it's I know every documentary is real but it's like it's a real story, and it's very recent. You know the the way that they were talking about stuff. It was like, oh yeah, he's like Snapchat, and he wasn't answering any of my snaps. And I was like, oh my god, that's actually like really recent that mm. this happened, and that I don't understand America. I really don't. Like the it was eighty dollars worth of marijuana or something that he was getting nabbed for, and that's what your man was threatened. He was threatened with forty years. Yeah,
1: yeah, and, and, yeah, and just so altogether eighty He, he was. He was set up by informants. Yeah. So these were informants who went to him asking, could he get weed for them?
2: Yeah, because they were being put under the same pressure that he ultimately was going to be put under to yeah. to bring in more people that I can arrest. And it and it's it was this draconian law where marijuana in the state of Dakota is criminalized Class worse A. than it is in other places. I mean, there's there's people in presumably New York, LA and Chicago selling you know, kilos of heroin who, you know, get a rap in the knuckles or they might get a six months in jail or whatever. I don't know what the law is, but $20 of marijuana and then $60 of marijuana selling to... Like, you're not flying an airplane load. Already
0: corrupt people, as in, like, it's it's it should be inadmissible it, it, yeah. at best. And uh,
2: he was wrongly manipulated by the police, which is shocking because the police are the people who should be protecting you. And... Mm-hmm. Um, it was, it was shocking, but um, a well-made documentary, well worth yeah. watching. As you said, Gary, this, if I was a Netflix executive, but sure, they can't afford me. But uh, if I was a Netflix executive, I'd say, lads, we need to buy this and get it on this platform because it's a really well-made documentary and well worth a watch.
0: Defo.
1: Yeah, what did you think, Lisa?
0: Oh, I totally agree with everything Dave just said. <laughs> I can't add any more to it. It's um, really well-made. A story that needed to be told, um, but I think that's just the tip of the iceberg because ugh, there's so much more. And I think there's something coming down the line in the next couple of days um, with the sheriff. Is it tomorrow? When is the sheriff?
1: It's sheriff is on tonight. Actually, it's on tonight. Yeah. Uh, sorry, sorry. Yeah. The sheriff is on this afternoon at three o'clock.
0: Ah, super. Is it
1: okay?
0: Yeah, that I read the the blurb for that, and I think that has that'll shed more light on. The similar, the, issues. the similar issues but just the the nonsense that is american law enforcement like it's it's a crazy system that it needs to be overhauled but god knows when that'll ever happen maybe joe biden will bring it in please god joe in november anyway can you Kanye. hey stop saying easy, that, easy. Is that, is that it's not it's not funny a review.
2: it's a film review show people let's focus no but well, come okay. here i just want to go back to one thing you mentioned there um between you know to just to compare this to the eighth uh which was the documentary yeah. we, we reviewed for opening night um the eighth was a big open political event with you know opposing uh viewpoints this was an intriguing mer- mystery. And as it turns out, probably a murder mystery. So
1: a completely
2: different style of documentary and, you know, a different hook where like you might watch the eight out of curiosity and go, I wonder, wonder, get more insight into what happened. Whereas the, you know, the Dakota entrapment tapes are, wow, it's a, it's a hook. It's like intrigue and mystery and, uh, and it's still an unsolved murder, you know? So Mm -hmm. uh, it's 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 uh, riveting, you know, gripping rather than almost like watching an extended version of Today Tonight or whatever the hell the modern version of Today Tonight is. I'm showing my age there.
0: (laughs) Prime
2: time. (laughs) Prime time. Thank you. Thank you.
1: Dave, out of 10?
2: Oh, out of 10. It's a good solid eight. Well made. Well worth the watch. Gripping. And it stays with you, as you said, Gary.
1: Excellent, Lisa.
0: I2M and 8. All right, very good.
1: That is the Dakota Entrapment tape, still available on GalwayFilmFly.com. Now, plenty of screenings taking place again today. You have shorts taking place at one o'clock. Quite a few documentaries on throughout the afternoon. And certainly the one that we would recommend and that we will be reviewing tomorrow is The Sheriff that's on at 3 p.m. And then the dramas kick off as usual in the evening. You have The Castle at 7 o'clock. You have After the Sunset at 8 and The Winter Lake at 9 and Sympathy for the Devil at 10. Isn't that great? You have a movie basically on the hour every hour in the evening. As always, we remind you to uh, go to the Galway Film FLA's website to see what is screening, when it's screening, and to be able to purchase your tickets. It's all about supporting the Irish film industry and beyond. And uh, just want to thank everyone as well who has been listening to our FLA reviews over the past few days, because... We went from number 22 to number 6 in film reviews as of this morning. So thanks to everyone who has been listening, downloading, streaming, uh, sharing and so on. And we're getting a great reaction as well on social media this week as well. So thank you to everyone who's started following us on our various social media channels. And as always, for more info and news bites as well, uh, you can go over to our website, jlitmovies.ie. Yesterday we published a story about Halloween being rescheduled to october 2021 because universal studios have decided that with the rates of coronavirus increasing so much in the united states they've basically put a lot of movies on the long finger and not released them for another 12 months
2: but i'll tell you something Gary. if they end up postponing the bond movie anymore they're going to have an action (laughs) movie on their hands because i am going to hunt them down and i want to need to see that like the fact there's a Bond movie that exists on planet Earth and I haven't seen it, wow. is an actual stain on my soul. And if they postpone it <laughs> one more day, I will hunt them down and it'll be bad.
1: They'll, they'll probably have a new Bond before they even release the last one with Daniel Craig. <laughs> yeah, God help us. Lisa, thank you very much. Dave, You're thank very you very welcome. much. Pleasure. And I look forward to chatting with you again tomorrow morning. Usually yeah. we bump into each other throughout the day in the town hall and be leaning on each other at night in their own club. <laughs> we're, we're very good. We're socially distancing this year.
2: Don't worry, we make up for next year. I plan to kill a lot more brain cells next year with a few points than this year.
1: Absolutely. Thanks again for listening. I look forward to chatting to you again tomorrow and don't forget to subscribe to this podcast. Bye-bye.
0: Bye-bye.